Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly, episode two. I am Matt Martellucci here with my co-host Dave, the Croatian Bear Baron. And Dave, we got some big news right before the eve of Penn State kickoff, one of the most glorious days of the year. But we got some big news in terms of the depth chart, position battles, and who we're going to see playing on Thursday against the Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah, big news. In fact, on a short game week here, we got Thursday, you know, obviously coming up real quick here. Uh, Franklin uh, met with the press uh, after practice today and did drop a couple of keynotes in there on some position battles that we've been monitoring over the course of the summer through the spring. Uh, so it looks like Tyler Elsden, uh, sophomore linebacker, has won, at least for now, the middle linebacker position, beating out redshirt freshman Kobe King. Did hint that both Elsden uh, and Kobe King are going to play a lot of football this year. So although Elsden edged him out there, um, expect to see Kobe King a lot. A uh, little more subtle role, but the place kicker role, which was uh, occupied uh, along with the punter role last year with Jordan Stout, who's off to the NFL. Uh, Jake one Kinniger, of the goats, one of the Penn State one of the goats, goats from Mr. last season. Literally, Mister Do It All. <laughs> yeah, was unbelievable. Out, or, so that role now resides with Jake Penniger, who, funny enough, was the starter for two years prior to Stout coming in. Uh, but he beat out freshman uh, Sander Sahadak, uh, number two, and some sites number one overall kicker. Uh, so just something to watch there. Um, safety position, he didn't really give any hints to or drop who he thinks, you know, may start there aside, uh, Yair Brown. But the big news of the day here, Luch, is Drew Aller is starting off week one as the number two quarterback. So this one, that's huge. I don't know about you. It caught me by surprise when I saw that scroll across the timeline. You know, I think we all just kind of assume Christian Veyer, uh, or Veyu rather, would be the number two guy, especially with his in-game action. But this is huge news. And I know a lot of folks say don't read into the tea leaves here, but this says a lot about how far he's come since he got to campus. For sure. And he's going to be taking not only the number two, you know, number two quarterback reps in practice, but every game or at least for this game he's going to be prepping ready to be going and taking all those mental reps and if clifford goes out you know takes a sideward slide drew out was in the ball game <laughs> and that's that's pretty scary and exciting at the at the same time no yeah i mean i think it's exciting because going back to what we were talking about last episode if clifford is not playing well you're not going to you're not going to uh VU. you're going to Aller now you know what i mean which is what we we're talking about that those cojones that franklin has to grow putting drew aller see what we got and also with that a little side note on that bo pribula is probably going to redshirt i'm guessing with drew aller being so. he, two. he did say he did say the it's going to be fluid week to week again take that as you want i think it's pretty clear and you hear some of the comments from the players about how drew aller has really come along but uh says it's fluid but i think this is a huge step a lot of us kind of thought aller might just be in the lab for the year but he's now he's he's next in line ready to go real deal three star to the number one quarterback or recruiter quarterback in the nation that's pretty incredible so going on with this roster theme um, 
we are each going to give our picks for our most well, who we're most excited for out of the returning starters coming into the 2022 season. So Dave, why don't you do the honors with uh, who you're most excited for on offense this year for the Nittany Nines? So for for returning starter, I think for me, the you look I look at the wideout position, and I think this year they're extremely deep. You hear a lot of comments from the coaching staff from both Franklin, Taylor Stubblefield, but I think all eyes are going to be on Parker Washington this year and fill in those shoes with Jahan Dotson. And you got the transfer portal get with Mitchell Tinsley. But I'm going to be looking at Keandre Lambert Smith this Ooh, year. Love that. I had the number changed. She's numero uno now. Uh, so changing changing his number. Even sicker. Uh, came a long way last year. Uh, had about 30, 33 receptions. Struggled early on in his Penn State career with some drops and just said he wasn't quite there mentally, but took a nice leap uh, last year. Had a couple touchdown catches, including that electric uh, screen pass. Nova. Villanova. But I'm looking at him to take another leap this year. And with all the attention that Tinsley and and Parker are going to get, I think you're going to find him open a a good bit and looking forward to, you know, taking advantage. Yeah. So looking at, you mentioned uh, Dotson leaving a huge void in targets. So I was looking at the numbers. He had 137 targets out of Penn State's 412 total. So that's over 33% target share. So one-third of those targets are now vacated. And a lot of people, especially like fantasy guys, when you talk about fantasy football, like with Devonta Adams leaving, they're like, oh, huge amount of target shares is going to go up, and like, that means Alan Lazard is going to go off. It's right. like, no, that doesn't mean he's going to take a third of the targets just automatically. <laughs> it's going to get spread out a little bit more. So, yeah, I love that um, Keandre Lambert-Smith showed – signs of progression last year and he's going to eat into those targets i don't think it's just going to be parker washington all of a sudden getting 33 percent of the targets i think it's going to be much more spread out which is what the offense quite frankly needs under sean clifford where he's not just keen in on dotson every single passing attempt absolutely so going on that uh same exact theme i'm going to go with a unit that's kind of been i want to say disappointing that's not the right word at all but underutilized i would say over the past couple of years the tight end room we saw um tyler warren obviously in those uh wildcat formations getting some rushing touchdowns which was fun but looking at brenton strange and theo johnson they were fourth and fifth in terms of targets last year uh strange brought in 20 Receptions for 225 yards and three touchdowns. Theo with 18 catches for 212 and a touchdown. So I think with Washington, his ability to get downfield and uh, catch contested balls, Mitchell Tinsley's speed on the outside, and Keandre Lambert-Smith's speed in the slot. I think a lot of opportunity is open for these two tight ends to break out finally this season um, underneath and in the seam because they're going to get matched up a lot of the times against linebackers if you look at it because we're going to be running three wide. So they're going to have cornerbacks on all of them. Either a safety is going to have to come up and guard the tight end or you're going to leave one of those speedsters with no help over the top, which is not a good look. 
So I'm looking for that tight end room, in particular, Brendan Strange and Theo Johnson, the two uh, juniors, to step up this year in a huge, huge way. Yeah, I think a lot of that's going to come down to really just Yurisich plugging them into the offense. Uh, like you said, they were really underutilized last year. You know, no knock to Brenton Strange, but Theo Johnson is an absolute physical specimen and oh, yeah. will likely be playing on Sundays in some capacity at some point. But really just getting them more involved in the offense. You know, I know there's a lot of things that factor into that O-line play, other guys getting open, but really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing that group take a big leap this year. Yeah, speaking of Theo, he so he had 18 catches on 27 targets, so that's a 66.7 reception percentage. So throwing the ball, he's going to catch it, and I think he's definitely going to be utilized a uh, a lot more there. So keeping with the returning starters, who are you most looking forward to returning on the defensive side of the ball? I think uh, for me on defense, I'm looking at and what most are saying and understandably so are saying is the weak spot of this, what should other, what should be another really strong defensive unit, uh, but at the linebacker role. So we mentioned Tyler Ells didn't get the nod at middle linebacker. You got John, Jonathan Sutherland uh, coming down from the secondary to play, you know, in the box there. But I think the one mainstay there who I anticipate having a really, really big year this year is Curtis Jacobs. So yes. Yes, love that. They're moving him based on his role now is more in the box play, where in the past he's kind of been a hybrid, mainly focusing in coverage, but um, not exactly anticipating a Michael Parsons type year out of him, although he does have an, an incredible amount of talent, former five-star prospect, but really seeing him becoming the leader of that linebacking core, who a lot of folks are doubting right now. And the quote that I really liked from Manny Diaz was, we didn't recruit you guys to be question marks. You know, we recruited you to be impact players. So for him, this is his year really to step up and, you know, make an imprint on on linebacker you, because that's what Penn State is. So uh, looking for a lot out of him starting starting here on Thursday. Yeah, and even going back to last year, we credited him, credited him I think, every other game on his pass coverage ability and his ability to – Rush the, rush the passer at the same time so he's definitely. definitely a versatile linebacker and i think whatever role they give him he has the ability and the athleticism to excel uh wherever he's put in the field um so for me i'm gonna go with a guy that was injured in probably my least favorite penn state game in the past decade against iowa pj mustafer iowa fans booed him when he literally blew out his knee. Mm -hmm. um, before that, he was a stalwart, stalwart member of that defensive line. Like he was all over the place, tackles for losses, was probably our best run defender on the interior. Um, and then after that injury, stuff kind of went sideways with the run, with, with our uh, run defense, despite our linebacking core. So with him back, I'm so interested to see how he's recovered from the injury and his impact on the field because I know for a fact that he is coming out of a fucking cannon this season. I know for a fact that he's going to be out of control. So I can see him either just completely stuffing the run and dominating as well as becoming... Eh, I wouldn't say a premier pass rusher, but I can see him racking up 
couple sacks here and there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not to say that folks might be glossing over it, but I can't say enough how important him coming back is going to be for that defensive unit. Uh, and especially for that defensive line, you're talking about guy who was third team, all big 10 with what five games and a quarter played. So that just tells you yeah. how important he is, not just to this team, but also his skill level. So him coming back is huge. I think they announced at the beginning of August, uh, they said he's ready to go. He passed the quote unquote Penn state conditioning test. Uh, which is notably a tough test, but he, he passed it and he's, he's ready to roll on Thursday. So definitely looking forward to, to getting out there and getting after it. And yeah, with kind of an unproven uh, defensive line this year, I think he's going to be the standout and the guy that you got to look towards to make the plays when it matters most. Without a doubt. So moving on from the returning starters, we're going to hop into our, who are most excited for out of the newcomers or like grad transfers or freshmen. So Dave, who are you most excited for as a freshman or newcomer on offense? So on the offensive side of the ball, so I know I already mentioned Keandre Lambert Smith, you know, looking for him to have a big, a big year here or take another leap rather and continue on that same trend and hitting on again, how deep, they the team really feels this wide receiver room is they they're saying they'd love to go five maybe even six deep so i yeah. think someone that i look to kind of fo- jump into that fold is harrison wallace or trey wallace for harrison wallace the third uh okay. we you know posted some clips before i think in our wide receiver breakdown of his high school dunking highlights so he's got yeah, freaky, yeah. freaky athleticism didn't play much at all. I think he only had a couple sla- uh, snaps last year, but gathering a lot of buzz coming through spring ball and fall camp. Uh, had a nice touchdown catch in the blue-white game. So, again, he's got that go-up-and-get-it mentality and ability. So, looking forward to him slipping through the cracks here and and making an impact early on in the season. Yeah, I mean, just look at those dunk highlights, like jump ball machine. Yeah. Throw it up, he's going to get it every single time. <laughs> Uh, so for me, um, going back to the um, announcements of kind of who we're going to see playing against Purdue this Thursday, uh, Richard Scarcella, Scarcella, don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, said that running back coach Juwan Sider said freshman Nick Singleton and Katron Allen are going to see significant playing time in the opener at Purdue. So those are my two picks. Um, Singleton, the number one running back um, in this recruiting class, Gatorade, National Gatorade Player of the Year. He ran for over 2,000 yards and 44 touchdowns in his senior season. And this is just a ridiculous stat line. In his career in high school, he ran for over 6,300 yards and 116 total touchdowns, which is absurd. So we got a lot him. Of those probably untouched too. <laughs> yeah, we got him. Who's he reminds? I, I mean, I'm not gonna put him in Saquon territory just yet, but his running style does remind me a lot of Saquon. And then you counteract him with the Thunder aspect in Katron Allen, who's just an absolute bowling ball of a human being. 5'11", 220 pound bruiser of a running back. 
four-star recruit out of IMG. His senior year, he rushed for over 1,400 yards and 27 touchdowns. So I can see them being a absolutely lethal one-two tandem. And I'm so excited to see them playing on in the opener tomorrow night. Like, I can't fucking wait to see them. Keytron Allen, uh, funny side note, nicknamed Fat Man. So that's also an electric Fuck running yeah. dad. <laughs> but no uh, big name. Singleton, those guys, again, just another uh, freshman pairing that's gotten a lot of buzz. And I know we said not Saquon territory yet, but getting that type of buzz. And just like we're talking about Drew Aller right on Clifford's heels, uh, mm-hmm. they're right on Kevon Lee's heels so as a true freshman yeah drops the rock a couple times you know god forbid not wishing that upon anyone you know wanting to to have a a solid season here but those guys are breathing down and maybe even right next to kevon lee so gonna get a lot of touches here thursday night yeah i think we'll see a stable backfield for weeks one through four and then once we reach the gauntlet month of october i think Singleton and Allen are going to kind of separate themselves from the rest of the pack and become the one-two tandem in the backfield. Uh, uh, One last name I want to mention, um, the Western Kentucky transfer wide receiver, Mitch Tinsley. Going back to uh, Dotson, we're giving up over one-third of the targets from last year. He's obviously going to get some of his targets. And... um, I think this was a huge, huge, huge get for Penn State that people are only going to recognize a couple weeks into the season. Um, with Western Kentucky, he was 13 of 26 on contested catches. So you can throw it up to him, and he's going to get it. Catch radius out of this world, which is what Clifford needs, honestly, to succeed. You can throw him the ball underneath. He can create separation in the open field. He just is an overall terrific wide receiver. And just helps his overall game, I think, is going to help Clifford's accuracy numbers, just everything. So I just wanted to put him in there as well. I know I had three there, which was a little ridiculous, but. <laughs> yeah, you never have enough. <laughs> um, so lastly, for the newcomers, freshmen, your defense. Who are you most excited for in defense? So for me, from a class standpoint, not a freshman, but new to the program, uh, mm-hmm. Chop Robinson, so electric name for a defensive end. Yeah, that's got to so, be that's got to be considered a top ten all time Penn State. Yeah, absolutely, former five star prospect uh, was actually heavily recruited by Penn State. Ended up going to Maryland for his freshman season. Played a lot of stand up linebacker in a three four system last year, but looking like he's going to be playing more hand in the dirt defensive end role. They might shift him around that defensive line. Freaky, freaky athleticism. Uh, got him at 6'3", 242. And although he may not start here Thursday night, expect him to get starter-like reps right out the gate and throughout the rest of the season. He's going to play a lot for this team this year. And I think from a transfer standpoint, going to have an AK-type impact on this defense. He's he's oh, wow. And That's- and the last thing to note too is with him just being a sophomore, we got him for at least you know two three seasons here, which yeah. is which is amazing news for this Penn State defense. And you, you think he's going to that big of an impact right away? He's he's that good. 
Yes. Let's go chop, baby. Go chop. Chop it up. Um, any other on the defense? So sticking to that defensive line front, another name that's gotten a lot of buzz, really going all the way back to winter workouts and how strong this dude is. But Zane Durant, for me, uh, true freshman at a Lake Nona, Florida. A uh, little bit undersized. I think they got him at six one, uh, but another another body that they could shift around in a couple different positions, uh, mainly a D tackle, but could play some edge rush as well. Uh, crush winter workouts. You know, the coaches usually tweet out, you know, winter workout warrior. He was up there consistently, uh, getting a lot of great feedback from his teammates. He, I think, he's another uh, true freshman here uh, that could make a huge impact here in year one. Interesting number for a defensive lineman, number 28. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, so for me, I'm going to go uh, with some Philly roots here, linebacker Abdul Carter. Mm-hmm. He went to uh, LaSalle College High School, who I actually played against a lot in um, high school. I always thought that was one of the funnier high school's names. LaSalle <laughs> College, <laughs> the high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it didn't make sense to me. That being said, they did kick our ass in pretty much every sport possible. My sophomore and junior year, they were state champions in football, hockey, and lacrosse. So, two years straight. They're a powerhouse. Out of control program. Um, their head coach, John Steinmetz, who's been there since 2015, but has a lot of coaching experience, um, said of Carter. He's one of the most athletic players I have the chance to work with. Incredible closing speed, very high football IQ, understands the game very well. As a four-year starter for us, he could make plays from sideline to sideline, rush the passer, or drop back and cover the middle of the field. So that's high praise from a high program. Um, He's also rocking number 11, Mm -hmm. which is a historic number in Penn State history, LeVar Arrington. Brandon Bell, Micah Parsons, Navarre Bowman, and our boy Matt McGloin have all all legends to rock. Uh, I'll leave him out. All legends to rock number eleven. Um, so I'm not trying to put too much pressure on this kid, but sounds like an all around terrific linebacker, and he could be that next number eleven that could be a generational talent at Penn State at linebacker, for sure. And then lastly, I'm going to put in uh, a guy actually battling for the other safety spot um, aside Jair Brown, Zaki Wheatley, a retro freshman who was the takeaway king for spring and fall camps this, uh, this year. So I'm looking at him to maybe possibly split time with, uh, I think, Keaton Ellis is the other guy uh, battling for that spot. Yeah. So they'll probably split time maybe to begin the year, but I definitely see Zaki Wheatley, his talent, possibly taking over that starting spot full-time. Yeah, very, very lengthy guy. Uh, takeaway, you know, it just has that knack for the ball. You get it from the title, right? Takeaway King, I know it's just spring ball and fall camp going against your own guys, but there's a lot of talented guys on that at the skill positions on that uh, Penn State offense. So it's not yeah. like the light environment in practice. So looking to – Really looking forward to see his early game action here and seeing if that holds true, you know, going after the ball. Manny Diaz, obviously, uh, venture of the turnover chain. So 
going to try to bring not necessarily the chain, but that mentality here to the defense and looking to wreak havoc and, and create some turnovers. So hopefully, you know, he can do that for this team uh, in the, when the games count. And then him next to Jair Brown, that ball hawk, look out. Who, who had six interceptions himself last year. So look out if they're tandem, if they're tandem back there. All right. So let's move on. It is Penn State kickoff eve. Weird on a Wednesday. Totally random. <laughs> but Penn State will be playing Purdue at Purdue. I believe you said it was the Duna blackout game to yep. start the season. Um, so we will be entering a hostile environment. However, favored, three and a half point favorites. I liked it a lot better at three. I think it got pushed to three and a half, possibly over the weekend. Um, the over-under is 53 and a half, which I thought was a little high, but then I kind of looked into it, and it seems about right. But I think the talk of this game is going to be the battle of the six-year quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Sean Clifford versus Aiden O'Connell, who was surprisingly ninth in yards per game passing yards per game in the FBS last year ninth the Purdue quarterback in all of college football that step blew me away yeah, um sure. however he is missing his the top three receivers that he targeted last year so a slight downgrade there their defense gave up 22.4 points per game last year but they lost their defensive captain uh George Hart Loftus who is wreaking havoc in Kansas City, actually doing really well there. Their number one tackler, uh, linebacker Jalen Alexander, and their number two tackler, safety Marva Grant. So their defense might slide a little bit here, uh, Mm -hmm. losing those guys. But other than that, it's going to be a pretty – I think this is going to be a tougher matchup than expected. Um, I think last episode I said I can see them covering in the first half and then us kind of controlling the game in the second half after we kind of adjust to the environment and being on the road in that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, obviously, tough environment. It's a conference opener, you know, and I know Franklin and new AD Pat Craft have hit on it you know, where you know they're pissed off that we're having to open up Big Ten play on the road every single year. <laughs> and especially here, I want to say, I think it's been 12 out of the last 13 years we've opened up Big Ten play on the road. Holy so, shit. Which is pretty unfortunate from a scheduling circumstance, but nothing really you could do about it here. For me, I love the three and a half line. Uh, Obviously non-biased, right? But I think I think we come out and really, really three and a half better them. than three. Uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell. I do, I do, I still love it. I think they're okay. a touchdown. They win this by a touchdown at least. But Aiden O'Connell, like you said, six-year quarterback, former walk-on here in the program. Uh, thirty-seven hundred yards, twenty-eight touchdowns last year. Just like we were talking about with Dotson, right? Losing a lot of targets with mm-hmm. David Bell off the NFL uh, and what was thought to be their top target this year, Milton Wright, uh, who's ineligible. So a lot of targets to go around uh, for some unproven guys, which could be uh, blood in the water for a thirsty secondary that's looking to create some some turnovers. So looking forward to see how that plays out. And then also, just like us, they didn't run the bell, the run the ball very well at all last year. Uh, average about three yards per carry. 
they do have a, a a nice talent at center. Uh, he's your traditional Big Ten hog molly name, Gus Hartwig. Yep. So, uh, he's going to be a know, mid, for, mid first round pick yeah. next year. So getting some preseason recognition there, but just like us and not saying, you know, we got it all figured out either. Uh, but when you struggle to run the ball, you become a little bit more predictable. Yep. Um, so I think that bodes well for this defense. And I do say what you want about Clifford, but you know, he's 24 years old going to this road environment. He should have, and he has seen and done it all by now. Uh, whether he's effective is another question, but I think from a composure standpoint, you have to like that factor, uh, open it up on the road here. Like you said, in a tough environment, blackout atmosphere, which has gone well for this team in the past, uh, speaking of Purdue. Um, but I, I do really like our chances here and I, I actually love this line and I'm, I'm all over it. So you're going to take it three and a half. Absolutely. I'm uh, yeah. I might have to follow you, but I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot better at three. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why just felt a lot yeah. safer. Um, but yeah, such a good point or good factor that you point out. Sean Clifford's 24 years old. He's playing he's against a lot of like years older than Drew. He's playing Al. against like a lot of like 18, <laughs> 19, 20 year olds. Like yeah. that's pretty absurd. So yeah, that's a great point. Like he's he's a man playing against, you know, <laughs> some boys out there. Yeah. So if he's not mentally prepared enough after playing for six seasons in Big Ten and like against mm-hmm. environments like Ohio State and Michigan and like those types, he better be ready to go yeah. against the freaking boiler maker blackout like come on yeah, sure. that's just got to be he's got to be able to do that in his sleep at this point just our two cents you know yeah <laughs> non-biased of course <laughs> um so looking more in depth in the game at the players um i'm gonna go f- with our um we're gonna do our key matchups i'm gonna start at my key matchup for this game is going to be Purdue's fourth leading receiver from last year. Their own, their uh, top guy back from last year, tight end Payne Durham Jr. With a name like Payne, you can only imagine what he might do to us. He's six <laughs> five, two fifty five, absolute specimen. Mm. Last year, came down with forty five catches for four hundred and sixty seven yards and six touchdowns. Um. So, like we said, their their top wideouts are kind of out, but they are really, really good at bringing in new talent and developing NFL talent very quickly. So, I think a lot of the cornerbacks are going to be matched up against those wide receivers. We're going to have a two deep safety look, which means I think Jonathan Sutherland, the converted safety into linebacker, kind of playing that bomber spot. I think he's going to draw the assignment of uh, Durham. Mm-hmm. But it's a 6'5", 255 tight end against a five foot eleven safety linebacker, which could potentially be a problem. Um, that being said, if that doesn't work. If he's crushing us throughout the first half, I can easily see them putting Jerry Brown just matching up. Mm-hmm. in a seam matchup over him in whatever zone we're playing or just straight up man to man. But um, offensively, I think, I mean, I was astonished that Aiden O'Connell was ninth 
in all of college football and passing yards. So that was what I was more focused on looking at Payne Durham. He's the most secure target that he has basically on the roster right now. I think he's most comfortable throwing to him, most comfortable with his route and timing. So I think he's a guy to watch out for. And I think we need to seriously game plan around him defensively. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Penn State does seem, I guess, if you're looking for for a bright spot there, we do tend to bode pretty well against tight ends. Can't, off the top of my head, remember the last time we truly, truly got burned, you know, by a top tight end talent. Maybe, um, yeah. I'm, I might be like, checked on that one, but uh, I'm from thinking my of recollection, the, uh, you know. I, I, I'm thinking we, of the Eagles. Eagles yeah, get burned know, by tight right? ends every freaking year. But we do, do tend to game plan well there, but definitely, uh, you know, something to look out for, especially with, like we mentioned, inexperienced linebacker play, you know, be able to pick that up uh, some new faces in the secondary or at least full new full-time faces. So definitely something to watch out for there. And uh, even Curtis Jacobs, you mentioned him most excited mm-hmm. to watch him. He, I know you mentioned he might be in a new role this year, but he might, depending how things go in this game, he might have to fall back into that pass coverage role and kind of play kind of like a exchange zone, if you will. Yeah. Um yeah against Durham because I think he could be a serious problem uh so who is your key matchup for the Thursday night bout so hinted at it earlier and I, I know that both of us have right where you you mentioned a couple or at least one big piece this to this unit but I love this defensive line this year it's probably the group that I'm highest on and that's you know, going with or going up against a run running back room, you know, that's got two exciting new true freshmen. But when you're looking at this defensive line, you got some new faces, but I think a, a lot of depth that they can kind of make them interchangeable. That's going to really help out this, the unit. And you're going to see a lot of guys getting a lot of reps. So going across the board, you got Adisa Isaac, who's coming back. Uh, seems to be he's going to get the nod at DN. Uh, was primed to have a big year last year before he went down with that Achilles injury, but he's back at full speed, ready to go. Another, yeah, like, another weird defensive line number, number 20. I know, right? What's these numbers? Uh, you already mentioned PJ Mustafer, which, you know, goes without saying, you know, you don't have to say much more about that. That's good. Uh, another, yeah, right. Uh, you got Hakeem Beeman. Uh, who didn't play at all last year. They We never really got the full scoop on why he was out, but he's an absolute beast at D-tackle. Um, I think within that spot next to Mustafer, you'll see a couple guys switching in and out. You got a Kaziah Izzard who will get some time, Devon Ellis, things like that. And then at the other DN spot, you got Nick Tarberton, uh, who was a mainstay from last year, um, had a big outback bowl. I think he put up four sacks in that game. But then you got oh yeah uh, he I for, totally for he crushed it yeah he yeah so him, like, totally you got him back. he's the pretty much the most tenured aside from Mustafer uh, player on that line but again mentioned Chop Robinson who's going to get starter like reps even though he's not starting and then five star DN deny Dennis Sutton who is another absolute physical specimen uh, who's going to get a lot of playing time early here so when you're going up against a team that can't run the ball well or didn't run the ball well last year, uh, despite Aiden O'Connell's accolades, you know, they're going to, they're going to get after the quarterback and in a week one matchup, a lot of things you're usually worried about is, you know, wrapping up and tackling. You can solve all that. If you put the quarterback in the dirt, you know, before you can even get the ball out. So I expect this unit to wreak havoc 
on Thursday night. I'm looking at four plus sacks from this group. Ooh, I wonder if we can bet. I wonder if we can bet that. Oh, I'm gonna look very good. Team, uh, team props. Um, (laughs) dude, deny Dennis Sutton six five two fifty four. Yeah, absolute specimen off the edge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean. I was just going over the roster. It seemed like an inexperienced group, but now that, yeah, now that you laid it out for me, this, yeah, that's a very, very deep group. So much deep group. Yeah. And a lot to look forward to in the future. A lot of young guys, a lot of guys who can produce right away. For sure. That's a great call. Yeah. Because they really, yeah, they've had the same running back for a couple of years now, and he hasn't Mm -hmm. really broken out. So I can see them going with a committee. Yeah, hot hand type thing, and just gotta shut them all down. Um, I think the obviously shutting down the run most important, but then getting it getting to O'Connell is going to be huge. Yeah, because they're going to be airing it out, especially in that environment. They're going to want to go up big early. Yeah, so a lot of yeah, a lot of pressure on that secondary for sure, and. Those edge rushers and the uh, defensive line to get after O'Connell make them uncomfortable early yeah. and often. Mm-hmm. All righty, can't wait. One more night of sleep and we get Penn State <laughs> football, baby. Oh my god, I'm so excited! But before we sign off, we will commence with season two of the Big Ten betting bonanza. <laughs> The trophy from last year, the 10-pound dumbbell. In all our glory. (laughs) I'm looking to... Hopefully this stays up. Don't fall. She's sturdy. She's sturdy. I'm looking to reclaim that trophy right there because I really don't feel like shipping a 10-pound <laughs> dumbbell to Baron. I'm being completely honest. Neither do our UPS or uh, FedEx workers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we will be right back with the first week of the Big Ten betting bonanza. And we are back with possibly my favorite betting competition of time the big 10 betting bonanza season last year i came out victorious over dave baron um by the skin of my teeth too i think came down to like Mm -hmm. the last couple i think came down to the bowl picks right yeah the bowl special holy crap so hopefully we have another uh, eventful season just like last year um just to go over the rules again we're each picking three games. Um, it can be a favorite against the, against the spread, favorite or underdog. That If you hit that, you get one point. If you pick an underdog, money line, and that hits, you get plus three points. If you pick a money line underdog that is over a touchdown, right? Is it a touchdown or double digits? What do we say? Touchdown, more than seven. More than seven, you get plus seven five, yeah. plus five points. Um, no minus one for losses. You just get zero for that. So let's kick it off. Um, I think as former champion, I'll start. Go right ahead, champ. Let me pull up the. I should have this prepared as champion. 
<laughs> the hold on the Big Ten schedule just to make sure I'm getting the times right. All right. I'm going with a game played on Thursday that is not Penn State. The Minnesota Golden Golfers versus the New Mexico State Aggies. Now, I had the misfortune of having to cover um partial game of New Mexico State versus who they play. Nevada? Yeah, it was just an awful, awful game. Um, New Mexico State, they basically run like like a Army, Navy type of like triple option offense, just yeah. pound the ball, pound the ball, no real passing attack. The over-under of this is set at 53 with the spread of Minnesota minus 36. So if Minnesota's covering that game, let's say they went get 42, I honestly do not see New Mexico State getting more than 10 points in this game. So I'm yeah. taking the under 53 in Minnesota versus New Mexico State. Take care of golf. <laughs> Big 10 betting, but ends the season two. Well, interesting storyline there, too. I think Jerry Kill, New Mexico State's head coach, former Minnesota head coach. So a little, a little oh, fuck. To that. oh, fuck. But well, I think New Mexico State is just down. I could play to the under, though, because you might know the strengths, weaknesses of Minnesota. True. Very true. Keep the offense <laughs> a little. Uh, but minus 36 and a half. That's crazy. For Minnesota, <laughs> it's a nut spread. Gotta love the week one big lines. But uh, yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't put my head on my pillow at night and sleep soundly betting on New Mexico State plus 36 and a half. Because I am, for all people out there, I am putting up one unit per game this season. And I'm going to track how, how well I do. So um, I'll report back every single week how many units we're both up, actually, mm-hmm. um, as well as the competition. So Dave, your first pick. I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to stick on that Thursday slate. The game we have know and love we're going to be talking about. I'm taking the line. Well, I mean, yes. three and a half. Not much else to say there. But I'm all over it. I cut you out, but Penn State three and a half? Yeah. Lock it up. And I can't hate on it. I can't do it. Because <laughs> we're rooting for my own squad to lose. You put me in a pickle, Mr. Baron. <laughs> all right. Um, my second pick, I'm going to go with another team I saw play in, it's so funny, it's called Week Zero. Yeah, I know. Um, Illinois, they absolutely beat up on Wyoming. Um, their running back, Chase Brown Jr., went off for 150, I forget, over 150 yards and two or three touchdowns. They're going up against... Indiana on Friday at 8 p.m. Weird things happen on Friday. Mm -hmm. That is my motto of betting college football. Weird things happen on Friday. So I think Illinois is riding super high off that Wyoming victory. (laughs) They're going to come into Indiana expecting it to be like that kind of environment. But Indiana is going to show up as a Big Ten team run it down their throats. Indiana's minus three. I think they cover handedly. So Ooh. Indiana minus three there. 
Interesting pick. I like that. Mm-hmm. The Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Who's there? Who's there? Could be uh, Ramsey. Nah, Mr. Tuttle. Oh, Tuttle's their quarterback now. <laughs> Fuck! I didn't even research that. <laughs> Let's go, Tuttle. Tuttle. There you uh, go. The other, the other stat I want to point out there is Indiana returns seven. Let me check. Seven starters, and I think their D lines all juniors or seniors. So very, very experienced leading defensive line front seven so i think they'll be able to do enough to slow down um brown and then it comes down to just hoping tommy devito doesn't go off for illinois i'm really yeah. questioning this pick right now but i'm sticking my guns in the end of minus three I say what you want about tom allen but i don't know that he's gonna have a team that's just gonna lay down and die for another year, so I, I would expect them to come out be competitive here in game one, and I'll because you know that that locker room fights for them. So, yeah, and Illinois, I think is just they're going to be resting on the drillers and mm-hmm. not see Indiana coming. Might be a first half play to be honest, but we'll go mm-hmm. full game yeah. minus three. All right, your second pick, sir. I am going to go to tends to be a. Team tends to be a topic of conversation a lot in these apps, but I'm going to go to the Maryland Terps. Ooh, baby. Minus 23 and a half. Big old spread. Mighty Buffalo Bulls. Uh, Maryland's going to have a pretty explosive offense this year, especially with Talia coming back in that wide receiver room. Uh, week one, Mac opponent. I expect them to put up a lot of points here. Just going to be a matter of whether the defense – no, can can hold that lead, but I think they do, and I think they cover 23 and a half. Over under in that game, 63. Yeah, lots of points to be had. So yeah. If yeah, if Buffalo's putting up points, they're gonna keep their starters in mm-hmm. and hopefully get that cover. I like that pick a lot. I'm gonna put that on my on my book as well. Maryland minus 23 and a half. Okay. My final pick, and I'm really starting to despise myself with the amount that I'm mentioning on this team. I picked them to win the national championship last episode. I want to make this super quick. Primetime game, 730 ABC, number five, Notre Dame, at number two, Ohio State. Seems every year people talk themselves into Notre Dame being this some sort of elite program still. Ohio State is going to absolutely destroy them. I don't know if they're going to cover the 17 and a half. So I'm going to take Ohio State first half minus nine and a half. So winning by 10 by halftime. I think their name is going to be absolutely shell shocked at this Putin offense in the first half. They're not going to know what's going on. Maybe game plan in the second half, but I think the safest bet is Ohio State covering that nine and a half in the first half. Yeah. And that's all uh, I'm going to say on the Buckeyes for that. For my third pick, this is going to be easy. I'm going to stay right in that same game. And, Luch, I'm taking the full game spread. I'm taking Buckeyes minus 17 and a half. Okay. I think this game's over by halftime for the marquee, you know, ABC Saturday night matchup. So you got uh, I don't think Notre Dame stands a goddamn chance in this game, but they're getting blown the fuck out. <laughs> So you got Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Trayvon Henderson. Uh, I think they cover 17 and a half by halftime, honestly. 
So yeah. So you like my first that pick, huh? I do, yeah. I'll tell that as well. So you got <laughs> the two games you got are Maryland minus twenty-three and a half and Ohio State minus seventeen and a half. A lot of big numbers covered there, Mr. Barron. I'm a big line guy. I, I'm a sucker for the big lines in week one. And thank God you picked Penn State because there's way too much Ohio State talk at the end <laughs> yeah. of that episode. Um, but happy uh Penn State football eve, everybody. We got a game Let's tomorrow. Go. Thursday of all nights. Um, could not be more excited for season two. Thank you all again for tuning in to us, listening to our BS and listening to us talk about Penn State football. We absolutely love it. Appreciate you guys, and we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks, guys. Go Lions. <laughs>